welcome to Sarah and T, the podcast that focuses on professional vacation rental management. Brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company located in the mountains of Colorado, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services on the coast of North Carolina and Virginia. Separately, Sarah and T manage more than 600 vacation rental properties and are regarded as two of the top experts on vacation rental management. Together, they bring you this podcast to share their experience, have some fun, and let you know that you are not alone in this crazy business of providing short-term rentals to the public. Now, for the next 30 minutes or so, get ready to have some fun and maybe learn something. Here's our hosts, Sarah and T. We're back and better than ever. I'm Sarah. And I'm Tim. Sarah, we had a podcast not too long ago. I think it was episode 109 where we had Tiffany Edwards on, the superstar, talking about advocacy and vacation rentals. We are taking that to a new level today with our guest and when we talk about advocacy. We sure are. Today we are discussing something we've never talked about. So once again, breaking the mold, we have Lorraine Woodward on, who is currently in Carolina Beach. She's going to tell us why. And she has started becoming rentable, which many of you, I think, have heard of in the past six months. It's come on the scene as the accessible short-term rental experts, a website, and all sorts of stuff that she's going to share with us. Welcome, Lorraine. Thank you. I'm happy, happy to be here. We want to know your story. You can give us a little background, just a couple of minutes to where we got to this point, and then we want to dig into some stuff after that. Okay. So I have muscular dystrophy. Um, I am proud to say I'm 60 years old as of January. Um, we have uh, two boys who also have muscular dystrophy. The boys, had, we did not travel a whole lot when the boys were growing up. Um, it was hard on my husband. I'd be in the bathroom going, Robert, can you lift me off the toilet? And the boys would be going, Dad, I've fallen. Dad, can you get this? And so, you know, it just wasn't fun. It was, you know, like caregiving. We were creative. We brought friends with us. We hired staff to go with us. And the boys were like, but why can't we just go like be a family like other families? And so the boys graduated high school and I officially retired from owning a communications firm. And it's like, okay, what can I do? It's like, you know, I want the boys when they're in college to be able to have a place that they can go to. They can escape, they can bring their friends to and quote, have a a vacation. So about three hours away from Raleigh, North Carolina is a beautiful beach, Carolina Beach. And um, I ended up building a property. It is in the heart of the town. It is three floors. The first floor is an art studio. Fabulous. The second floor is um, designed for our short-term rental property. And then the third floor is... um, called the private residence. And uh, the second floor was designed, I guess, with me in mind, somebody with the least amount of mobilities. And the other aspect of the rental was um, we designed it for um, somebody in the last stages of life. And so we've, we uh, built it seven years ago. We book about 350 plus days a year. And I, when I turned 59 last year, um, I said, I want to do one last thing. What is it that brings me joy, happiness? And it's my rental. I love my rental. I love 
being a part of people's lives who, for the first time in 28 years, have had a vacation, the first time since onset or injury have had a vacation. And so um, I'm going, okay, um, how can I get information out so there can be more properties like what we're doing? And that's how Becoming Rentable got started. Whoa. There's a lot to unpack there, as <laughs> yeah. they say these days. First of all, when's your birthday? January 31st, 1962. Oh, January 7th. Okay. Okay. Aquarius. Okay. But I am a Duke fan, so I guess, and probably older, way older than you, so I levitate higher. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's always going to keep coming up. I have a couple questions. I want to understand the end of life rental. I don't know if you yes. call it that. That's the third floor? It is the second floor. So when I had it designed, we have an elevator. We have a hospital bed. We have extra electrical outlets for electrical Hoyer lifts. If somebody needs certain electrical items on their rent, their vacation, we have a roll-in shower. So again, the and I don't know why I came up with this, but I wanted the bathroom big enough for our gurney and three attendants. I don't know why I did, said that, but that was in my mind of what would make an end of life experience the best that it could be. We've had two end of lives. Last year, we had a family who has a 19-year-old son um, and um, he was in hospice and he was in a coma up until two days before he was to come to the beach. Every day, the family said, all right, Kyle, you know, we're going to the beach. We're going to the beach. And two days before he came, he woke up. He was awake the whole time he was here. The mom and dad would take him. We have a, a beach wheelchair. They would roll him to the beach, which is a block and a half away. And they'd sit on the sand. They'd spread their legs out and they'd hold Kyle in their arms and the water would slap up to their chest and he would smile. He would smile. He was awake the whole time. And when he went home, he passed away. Oh, And, you know, I know I... You know, I didn't realize how hard that was, but how beautiful it is. I'm a part, I get to be a part of that, you know, and what a gift, what a gift. You gave him that opportunity. You gave that family that opportunity yeah. because what you're saying, not outright, is that people with disabilities, people end of life, people that have injury, they don't go on vacation because it's too complicated, right? It's, it's, they can't get into the property. It's impossible to function. Is that, the crux of it? The crux of it is really about education. As I'm learning more and more about the whole ST, STR community industry, whatever, lots of acronyms, yes. holy moly. <laughs> um, so what I'm finding out is that, yes, first of all, my renters say they come from Canada and they go, why did you travel two and a half days to get here? There's nowhere like your place. And I would hear that repeatedly. There's nowhere like your place. There's nowhere like your place. There's nowhere like your place. And there aren't a lot of fully accessible rental properties on the market. And the reason that there may not be as many as so that more people can enjoy them is that people don't understand what does it take to be a rental property. And there are some properties that are accessible, but people aren't thinking 
in that way. So when you're putting together your March Madness tier, you know, you may not be thinking that Duke is number one. And so you, you, you just, it's not in your, your, your focus. And so what I try to do is bring that to focus. What is it? Is it a 36 inch door width? that a family needs to get their wheelchair in? Is it one step so a walker can get in? What does it mean to be accessible? What does, you know, and so that's one of the things we're trying to educate. And we're going to get into that, Lorraine. One last clarification question. 350 stays a year. There's barely that many days in a year. How are you pulling that off? Do you have two rentals? Nope, I have one. We have, well, actually, I'm building a second one. Um, It's in Arkansas. It's a model property that will be wheelchair accessible, walker friendly, hearing, vision, autism, and IDD. Um, And that's an educational, working, short-term rental property. So people who want to learn and grow, and we're doing a TV show, and that'll be the open and close of our TV show. But our property that we rent out almost all year long is here. You know, people book a year in advance. Right now, we're about at 50% capacity. And in the next month, we'll see that to be, I have very few days that are open. Just to make sure we're clear, I've already established, this is a a demand of market, but looking at your website, I saw a statistic really took me back on my heels because there's not many rentals, as you said. I, I looked on your map and I think there were three in my general area where I am. In Sarah's area, I saw one. 26% of the population has a disability. Well, here's another stat that'll blow you away. Nine out of 10 of us will have a disability in our lifetime. And that may be short term. You might have fallen and um, you have a leg brace on, you're on crutches. You may have hip surgery. You may have cancer. You may have complications from COVID. But nine out of 10 of us could use an accessible short-term rental in our life. My son just hurt his knee, and I'm noticing that just from crutching around how hard it is. Well, before the podcast, you and I talked about Airbnb now has a filter for this. And one of the statistics I saw as well, they have 70,000 people going to their website looking for accessible rental properties. Again, an astounding number. So in case anyone wasn't crying after Lorraine told the stories or you're not getting inspired by this, which we're going to get into what specifically we can do as vacation rental managers, selfishly, there's a really lucrative niche market here. And Airbnb has all these filters I saw, but I don't remember ever setting those up in our PMS. And then, so I don't know that there's awareness out there of how we get these properties on the searches to come up as accessible, not to mention how to make our properties fit the bill. So should we get into that? Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. Tim, you're, 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 I'm like, I'm, I'm like chomping at the bit here. Come on, <laughs> talk to me. Um, well, so in, in Airbnb is an example of why we're doing what we're doing. When we first started this venture 13 months ago, we were a team of 14 volunteers, and I have two ladies who do nothing but research, and they researched every property on Airbnb that had the filters of accessibility, and we found on this very large platform, after looking at every property for months, 
that 23 states had zero accessible properties and 27 states had 85 accessible properties. The significance of that information is how important it is to validate what information you have on the website. Airbnb has released this new um, filtering um, effort that is 13 filters. But as you go in and, and they said, we're only going, we're going to make sure that every property is validated. You go online today and you look and you're going, it's not accessible. That one's not accessible. That one's not accessible. And so that's when we said, what does it take? And, and we are rolling out next week a certification effort where we will work with property management companies to look at their inventory, to validate what is on your site. In fact, just this past weekend, I wanted to get some sample properties to do the validation on. I went to a short-term rental company and she said, Lorraine, I don't think we have anything. You know, I don't recall. And I go on light on site and lo and behold, the first property, totally wheelchair accessible. Next property, walker friendly. I'm like, what do you mean you don't? She goes, Lorraine, I never thought of it in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they have a rolling shower. You know, I knew that they had this bench, but I just didn't put it in those words. And so it is getting that information validated and and also verifying what they a property does include. Yeah. So that's that's what's kind of overwhelming to us, I think. We think, oh, an accessible property. I mean, that could be, you have to rebuild the whole thing. So talk to our listeners about what would make a property we might already have in our program accessible that we could say yes on Airbnb or I don't know, VRBO has filters yet. If not, they need them. Everybody needs them. Um, actually, Airbnb, we have 36 filters on our website. Airbnb has 13. Um, VRBO Expedia has two. Wheelchair accessible or accessible and elevator. So I get the question a lot, what makes a property accessible? There are 62 million Americans, as Tim said, that have a disability. There's probably 62 million ways you could answer that question. And so we believe it's gathering that information Um, to determine what type of accessibility somebody needs. But more importantly, it's looking and part of why we are here is we want to expand the way the short-term rental industry looks and defines what is accessible. And so we are looking at, you know, you think wheelchair, that's very common that it's like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to, you know, gut the bathroom and put in a roll-in shower. Well, you have a step-in shower. A lot of people that use a walker could benefit from that step-in shower. So why not expand what accessibility is in this industry and go beyond wheelchair to include walker, autism, IDD, and each of those areas of focus can cost $200 to modify and make accessible, or it can be much more. One story is I met with a mountain resort community. They asked me to look at the properties. Lorraine, did you? Yes, I did. 
Were our pro- was our property accessible that we found? No, it's not. And they go, okay, we're done. I said, why are we done? And they said, Lorraine, all of our properties have steps. And I said, do you know what? People with autism can climb steps. People who have visual impairments can climb steps. And so it goes beyond that traditional look of mobility needing access. So my question that I am unclear on, and the reason I haven't stepped forward is fear, to be quite honest, Lorraine. The Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990. I was always under the impression, unless you check all the boxes, you can't check any of the boxes. Talk to me about that. We don't go by ADA. It's 30 years old. It's outdated. That law and elements of that law do not pertain to the home environment of the short-term rental industry. We are not a state agency. It's not a federal agency. It's not a business. And so the fear is that you are going to get sued because you're not applying your design efforts to ADA and you don't have to. We have to address ADA, but it's like a little small element in the scope of what is trying to be done. So we do have to eliminate that fear. And that's one of the things that we're working on. Let's talk about some ways and specifics that vacation rental company owners, vacation rental homeowners could make their home at least accessible for some of this large population. Okay. One, you can look at your door widths. Are they 36 inches? Identify that visually with a photograph and in your narrative, um, in your description. Do you have a step-in shower, roll-in shower? If you have a bathtub, that may not be the best property for mobility. But let's say you're a property that has a a soft color palette on the walls. It's a minimalist approach in its design and materials. And you have a room that has blackened, dark out curtains. That could be a property that would be beneficial for a family member with autism. Those features in in getting blackout curtains or a weighted blanket and paint on your walls doesn't cost a lot. For your visually impaired, you want to think about a clear traffic pattern. You want to think about your rugs on the floor, things that might trip. You may want to think about if you have steps, particularly outside, is to put a, um, it can be a bright color like Duke Blue um, strip of tape um, on the steps or a fluorescent color on um, fluorescent blue will go with on the steps. So there's a visual for again, low vision under counter lights. How many properties have under counter lights? You don't have to have an electrician to come in, but yet for somebody with lower vision, it will help. Right. And then elevator. Like I think about all these condos we have that we manage a condo building is like a home run possibly just because of the elevator, right? And then you have yes to look it no. in the condo. See, that's the problem is that people go, oh, we have an elevator. We're accessible. Oh, but you know, we have a sunken living room and we only have a bathtub and there's nowhere to roll under for a sink. And oh, that threshold for those sliding glass doors to go see the ocean it's two inches. So if you get a good, you know, a running start, you can go, bump, you know, so we forget about 
the elevator is not the the cherry on top of well, you know we, we we're gonna check that box because yeah. we have an elevator I an elevator right, is great but. I fell right into that trap I just, <laughs> I just <did> <laughs> But you are, I mean, I hate to, I don't want to call you normal, but it's a very honest, current perception of what is needed in an accessible short-term rental, an and, elevator. And so what I'm hearing you say is you have this checklist we have in front of us that what we can post on our, uh, on Facebook for you, for everybody, that you got to look at all of these different things and make sure that you are advertising you do these things very clearly in photos and descriptions. Cause you can't just say we're accessible or we're not accessible. We need to show people the things they might be looking for. Correct. Okay. So if you haven't picked up on it, Lorraine and I have already established a little yin and yang here. She's a Duke fan. I'm a Carolina fan. And so I'm going to work that into a question. Your checklist has 61 items. Lorraine. Mm-hmm. As a Carolina grad, mm. I'm just interested in passing. Not necessarily excelling. <laughs> and of course, so, of course, you're from. You went to school at Carolina. Uh, yeah, I get that. So, I, how many I'm an overachiever? Oh yeah, I taught at Duke. <laughs> how many of the sixty-one do I need to check off to pass a certification? It's not the numbers; it's the quality, and you might have four. It, I mean, and, and and who do you want to market to? You you look at go. Okay, I have a full flight of steps. Well. Maybe that's not going to be in no elevator, but I could get an external elevator for $2,500 if you have Aunt Susie who wants to come and visit and you feel that that's a good investment. So just because you do have a flight of steps and you want to be reach the mobility component of, of your guests, it can be done. But I, I look more for, um, are you trying to reach families that have autism or families with visual impairments? So it's not that that we have to check off 10 items. Quick, you're certified. What we want to make sure, though, is that there are elements that there are defined, are validated, and that they will allow somebody with a particular disability or family member to enjoy that space. That makes sense. So I went through the list and I did color coding, nothing to do mm-hmm. with Carolina or Duke, pink and, and clearly orange. you must have gone to what? Wake yes. Forest? A very yes. more, yeah. Still uh, using colors. Right, uh, much okay. more academic place. Um, <laughs> and I went through, I put them in three categories. One, those that are within the vacation rental manager's control. Like mm-hmm. you can take any property and assess what in this property at this point could be c- categorized as accessible. Then there's two, when an owner's redecorating or newly decorating their home, I love that there would be a list that I kind of color coded here of what you would hand to the owner and say, consider these 10 things when you're redoing your living room. And then the third one is some of these items really have to be thought of when the home is being finished or built. For example, you know, electrical outlets electrical outlets, size of doors, surfaces of the flooring, if you're not ripping up the flooring. And I would love to get this to more builders in vacation rental areas, because I don't think they think about this stuff because they just think, well, I'm just going to sell it to the, you know, Robinsons down the street, who cares? But instead saying this could be a plug for you to say to whoever's buying it, you can get higher rental income 
and more rental because we have be, are able to say this is certified or we're able to list these 10 reasons why it's accessible. It becomes, you know, going to the selfish money part of this, feed it to people as you'll make more money if you do it, this. It, it, Good business. I mean, that's bottom line. There is the social aspect of it, but it is good business. My next door neighbor said, Lorraine, why did you not create your business five years ago? This is a duplex. On my side, we rent most of the year. And on Larry's side, he rents maybe four months of the year, but yet he has an elevator. He has a step-in shower. He has the hard surface driveway. He has all of these components that we identify as accessible but the property management company didn't recognize that, didn't know to list that. Larry, as a person who doesn't have a family member with a disability, he didn't know. And then consequently, how in the hell did you get to rent your property for almost the whole year? And I'm next door and I got four months out of the deal. Maybe education, but it is about education. It is about educating property managers and the homeowners about the reach that you can have by including accessible features. And that's what I feel so strongly about for us. We, this is a way of life for me. So going in, I can knock out and and look at a property very quickly. And so in our service model, we are offering that. It's like, all right, you take your phone, we're going to have an app and let's look at these 30 things. And then we can look at what is accessible? What is not? What do you want to modify? What audience do you want to reach? And that we have that the, that knowledge and background that we can help guide so that property owners can book more and that more families like the families that come here can have these experiences. So I hate to bring it down to Monty, but you already had a pullover moment earlier when everyone said, wait a minute, 300 and some nights a year. What? Can you monetize this as if this is worth this amount, almost like if you add a pool, it's this amount. If you accept pets, it's that amount. If you have a hot tub, you could add that amount. Or is it market-driven? How would you establish a, a pricing on these things, Lorraine? It's hard to monetize it right now because there is so little information out there. Because people are not, it's not in their conscious mind to market it this way, to identify it this way. So we're gathering that information to be able to determine, gosh, you can have a 30% increase. You can have five more bookings a year. I don't have that information. And that's why what we're doing and trying to change the way the short-term rental industry looks and defines accessibility, that we will be able to go, okay, we're, and we're tracking that right now is that we're tracking where are new renters coming to? Is it autism at 62 million Americans a year? Is it, you know, the Walker community with 13 plus million, you know, people a year? What are these segments that are enjoying accessible properties in the United States? Because there's so few, so we don't have that. So with becoming rentable, a vacation rental company could hire you to come and look at all the properties mm-hmm. and identify all the areas where they're already accessible and then give mm-hmm. recommendations of where they could be. Then I'm hearing, okay, now what do I do? Let's say you've come and done that with me. I could list on your website because you're adding every day, it seems like more properties that. We're, we're going to be at 600 properties 
by next month. So in three months, 600 properties. Yeah. And I noticed that you just link them to the person's website, which we love because that means it's not like another third party that we aren't getting our brand out there, et cetera. And I'm also hearing that the other two ways that we could take action here is to change our descriptions, make sure photos and we're highlighting these items. I bet your listing, which we want to post on Facebook, I bet it says in the title, accessible, something you have that called out, I bet. I, I do. We identify, we have 36 inch doors, you know, we have a zero threshold entry in the elevator, zero threshold entry. That's a mouthful. Yeah. You know, I mean, what the heck is zero threshold entry? Well, go to our website, you'll see a photograph and you'll see the description. So, oh, that's what that is. Yes. And people, that's how you get the word out is they're they're searching to come to Carolina Beach possibly. And then they catch that in the title. And then the other thing I'm hearing you say, if you're on OTAs or you build these filters on your own site, make sure you're clicking off the filter items that you do already have in the property, right? Because I think a lot exactly. of us aren't getting credit for step-free bathroom access or shower grab bar or toilet grab bar. I mean, I don't think we've ever gone that deep in our listings to check those items off. Does that seem like a good summary of what we can do? Absolutely. And there's $658 billion of expendable cash from the disability community. That's a chunk of change that people are missing out on talking about good business. This is good business. More importantly for me, it's really changing the quality of life of people. And, you know, we're, we talk all the time about living our best life. How can you live your best life if you're not given the opportunity to? All right, Lorraine, we warned you in advance. We have this inane little game we play with our guests where we ask you these off-the-wall questions to find out a little bit more about you. You can answer in just a few words or a little wordier if you'd like. So it's time to start the clock. All right, Lorraine, what's the most exciting thing about what you do? The people. I can see behind you in this very eclectic, cool house you have. What's your favorite piece of art you have on the wall? My Charles Schultz animated cells. That's worth some dough. Tell us something that's on your bucket list still. I would like to go to Santa Fe, New Mexico. You could go there and check out accessibility properties. So if you have a vacation on company in Santa Fe, Lorraine <laughs> wants to come to you. Actually, what I really want it's, I guess I need to put it on my bucket list. I want a wheelchair accessible Winnebago so I can go to the VRMA Spring Conference in person versus doing it on a video screen. So I can go to the Booking Direct in person versus being on a screen, but I can't because it's not accessible. So I'm truly on my bucket list is a wheelchair accessible RV baby and it will have a Duke emblem on it. You can guarantee you that. It'll be blue. No, it will be yellow because yellow is my favorite color and it's happy. Oh, and that's the color of your wall behind you. It is. So I am not an appropriate house for autism and IDD. I have way too many fun things and bright colors. Okay. Lorraine, it sounds like you've had muscular dystrophy for quite some time. What has been the biggest gift of you having that disability? I feel that my disability has given me an idea to have a different perspective and outcome on life. 
Every day I thank God for the sunshine. I get to see the sunsets. I get to hear the birds. You know, I get to touch and, and pet my cats. I feel that every day is a gift and I am so grateful for that gift. And I do believe that my perspective in life and what I do each and every day comes from my experience of having a disability. We've asked this in various ways on almost every episode. What's your favorite song? You know, I like happy songs. I'm a Disney girl, you know. The name of my property is Lorraine's Kuna Matata. So, A Place of No Worries. If I had to put a song with it, it would have to be something from The Lion King. Okay, my last question for you is, you realize you have no meetings tomorrow. You have nothing you have to do. What are you, how are you gonna spend your day? Working. I love my job. I love it. I put in 12, 14, 16 hour days and what we are doing is so important. It brings me great joy. It really does. I love my renters and being a part of that experience. And if we can expand that so more and more people can have a great vacation, then that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to work. Last one for me. I know you got a good answer for this one. Mm -hmm. Scanning the channels on TV. What's that movie that you stop and watch for the 15th time? You know, I don't watch TV. I, I, I choose to spend my energy in, in things that where I can make a difference. And I think that TV, unless it's Duke basketball, is not, is not gonna make a difference in other people's lives. Now, I will watch a movie with my son and husband because it's family time. And so now I work, Alexander's like, Mom, can you put down the laptop? And, you know, so it can be dark in here. And it's like, I'm just going through these properties. It's, I can do both at the same time. He gets so frustrated on Christmas day. I was like, guys, I've got to go to work. I've only put in six hours. And Nathan's going, Mom, it's Christmas. I'm like, I know, I've taken time off. And so a a movie, it has to be a happy movie. Any movie that my son recommends is what I'll watch. Fantastic. Well, you are just an absolute delight. You have appropriately named yourself the Creative (laughs) Energy Officer and Um, founder of Becoming Rentable. And you can find her at becomingrentable.com. Sarah, we hit a home run on this one. You really found a great lady here. We sure did. Well, she found me. I just feel like the more people that I meet, the more people that I feel like are embracing what we're doing and allowing us to grow and have success. And I just feel like this incredible family. Welcome to our community. I think we will love getting to know more and more people. We hope to see you at conferences. I mean, we have some great friends in our industry. We're very close. It's a tight-knit group, and we are thrilled that you've arrived. Thank you. And I have Duke winning it all on the NCHA. Yes! So there you go. That's how we'll Thanks for being on the podcast with us. And Sarah, as usual, great job. So long, everybody. Bye-bye, Lorraine. Bye, Tim. Take care. And that puts a wrap on another episode of Sarah and T, the Professional Vacation Rental Managers Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Music is provided by Ben Sound. 
Sarah and T invite you to join them for their next episode. But in the meantime, they encourage you to stay in touch through their website, sarahnt.com, social media channels, or give them a call at 336-612-1612. We love to hear from listeners giving them feedback on what you just heard or providing ideas for future episodes. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Sarah and Tea.